Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. All right, verse 8, And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again. Now, in other words, it's the same voice that told him to seal up, not to write anything, see. That same angel, that same voice, whether it be the voice of God, or Christ, or of an angel, it doesn't say. The voice out of heaven. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go, and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Now, this is the second time that John becomes an actor in the book of Revelation. Uh, by an actor I mean that God tells him to do something. Uh, heretofore, uh, in, in the book of Revelation, John is just permitted to see. God shows it. And uh, and then he does it. Uh, uh, he reacts after the vision uh, inwardly to himself. But here he's taking part in the uh, in this vision. And he says, go and take the book out of his hand. In other words, go get it. See? Take it. Well, uh, what for? Alright, he, he goes, that's all, he didn't, at this moment, uh, uh, John begins to obey. He doesn't know what he's gonna do with the book. Uh, but verse 9 tells him, he says, and I went unto the angel, uh, and said unto him, give me the little book. Now notice it's a little book. In John, in Revelation 5, uh, there was a book. But, and that's what we've been studying, of course. That book we, we said, and whatever you say that book is will determine what you believe about Revelation, of course. Uh, we, uh, in our studies, uh, I have been teaching that that book represents, uh, the, uh, the salvation of God and the judgments of God, the destiny of the world, the events, the future events. Both that are going to bless the people of God and the uh, and the curses that are going to come upon the earth and the end events. In other words, uh, the history of the future is going to be fulfilled, whether it be of the world or of the churches. All right. Uh, so that book was sealed, had seven seals on. It. So we've just uh, finished. Uh, the studying the revelation that takes the seals off of that book. But that book was never said to be open, though, uh, the, when the seventh seal was open and the beginning of the first trumpet, uh, it, it certainly, uh, seems to suggest what's in that book. And very, very forcibly. Alright, uh, but here we have a little book. What is it? 
What does it mean? Well, there's just as many interpretations of this little book as there are views concerning the book of Revelation. Now, uh, if you are his, if you believe that you ought to represent, uh, interpret the book of Revelation by history as starting in the days of Jesus, the days of John, and coming on down to our present time, then you're going to say that the two books, that this little book is going to represent uh, the uh, either the Old Testament or the New Testament or the uh, the events uh, that took place in Rome and that these seals, the trumpets, and the bowls represents uh, the wars, the conquering, the uh, the uh, the clashes between Rome and and the uh, uh, Turks, Rome and the Sarsians, they came out of a place now like uh, Iran in that in that territory. And of course, they overrun Rome and they finally conquered it. And uh, and uh, of course, the Sarsians were Mohammedans, and Muhammad was their leader. And boy, he swept all over the Roman Empire, both the western and the uh, and the the eastern and the western. Uh, part of Rome uh, over the uh, the eastern and the western church Catholic division of the churches and he got into Turin, Italy and if it hadn't been for Charles Martel in that battle uh, the whole Europe would have been overrun by Mohammedism well, of course that's history and these people that interpret history by these well then they'll they'll take the these uh, events here and apply them to that. But they say that this book now is the uh many of them will tell you that it's a gospel. Some will tell you that it's a reformation, it's the uh uh defeat of Rome, papal Rome. Papal Rome, you see, had uh, they they chained the Bible to the pulpit. And they wouldn't let, and, and it was uh, locked where no one could read it except the Pope, the, uh, except the priests, the bishops, the priests. See. And of course, that was the time when Martin Luther lived. Well, that's what he was up against. And uh, even men uh, before Martin Luther, there were men who were uh, raising uh, 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 groups here and there crying for the Bible. They wanted the Bible. They didn't have it. They had to go to the church, and, and all they got was just what was dispensed by the priest. Uh, and it was a terrible time. And so, people who have the uh, the Dark Ages and the periods of, uh, of the glory of papal Rome, they tell you that this little book is a Reformation that was started by Martin Luther. And uh, uh, Emmanuel, the king that took when they came, uh, when he came into Italy, into Rome, uh, they he had, according to history, says that he had the Bible preceding his march onto the papacy with an open Bible when they, when uh, uh, the Reformation crushed, you know, won the battle of uh, religious liberty. And uh, he he's presented uh, in history as having an open Bible, uh, conscious of this passage of Scripture. Well, 
Uh, certainly the Reformation was a period in which the emphasis was on letting the plowman know as much about the Bible as the priest does. You know, that was Wycliffe's, uh, I mean, Tyndall's uh, uh, favorite uh, slogan, philosophy. He wanted, and he said, if they didn't kill him, that he was going to make a translation of the scriptures in plain English so that the man that driveth the plow will know more than the priest uh, in Rome. So, uh, uh, and he, they, they destroyed his books, burned them, burned the translations that he made, uh, and, of course, he had to take uh, refuge and finally was put to death because he was translating the Bible. And, and every other person uh, that uh, tried to translate the scriptures, the uh, Catholicism uh, tried to kill him for it. Well, but now, uh, here, John saw uh, this book. It was open. And now then, here's, here's what I, uh, we, let's see what he says, what, God, uh, what the angel said to him. Uh, he went to the angel and said, give me the little book. And he said unto me, the angel said to me, that is John, take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand. Now notice the angel didn't give it to John. John said, give it to me. But the angel didn't do it. angel said, well, there it is. You get it. You take it. And uh, he says, take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Alright, what is the book? Uh, what did he eat? He didn't eat a, a literal book. The book, uh, if yeah, in, in one sense, you can think of the book now as a booklet, just a pamphlet. See, it wasn't near as big as the book in Revelation 5 uh, that was sealed with the seven seals. This is just a little booklet. And uh, uh, so uh, the angel says, take it, John, eat it. And he told him before he ate it, before he ate it, he said, uh, uh, he says, take it and eat it, and it shall make thy belly bitter. He was warned of the consequences of the results of eating the book. It would be in his mouth, sweet as honey, but when he assimilated it, digested it, it would be bitter. Well, that meant when he was, uh, he rejoiced over the fact of the book, but when he really understood it, what was in it? It made his belly bitter, so to speak. Well, uh, I don't care how literate a man may be, he certainly has got to interpret this from a symbolic standpoint. The book represents something, 
He didn't need a literal book. I, I, it wasn't uh, leaves. It wasn't uh, papyrus. But he ate. He digested. He read it. He knew it. It became part of it. The eating of this book by John is a term that denotes that John understood it. He digested it. He assimilated it. He, uh, it became a part of John. And no person who teaches uh, spiritual truth or the Bible, unless that doctrine that he holds, or unless his subject matter is, uh, is a part of him, unless he's mastered it, masticated it, digested it, understands it, say, like John here, why, I mean, he, he's not going to present it. Now, he may have a message, he, if it's the gospel, so to speak, well, oh, there's, there's grace, there's mercy, there's joy, there's peace. You, you can't get enough of that. But sometimes that same book that you eat tells about judgment. It tells about uh, responsibilities. It tells about punishment, see. It tells about duties. And that sometimes are not so good, see. That, that gets down a little bitter class. And uh, so that's what John, uh, that's what John uh, has done here. Now at first, when uh, he took this from the hand of God, hand of this angel, it uh, or it was a joy for John to uh, to receive something direct from an angel. See, and then when he read what he gave it, when he knew what was in it, so uh, he, it, it's bitter. Why? Because it contains, according to my understanding of the scripture what we're going to find in chapter 11. Uh, now he says, Thou must prophesy. He said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now, there's a preposition here that, uh, that a lot of these uh, theologians argue over, and that's the word before, because it, it, it may be against, it may be over, it may be about, and uh, in fact, they, they don't think before is the, uh, the best, uh, uh, best way to uh, interpret this. Uh, but uh, regardless of the preposition, uh, John was given a commission. After having eaten this book, there's something uh, Something now you've got to do, do some more prophesying. Prophesy again over about two many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now then, over here, he announced that, uh, uh, see, that the end, uh, that uh, this, uh, that time or delays should be no longer. Now what, and yet, here, in this last verse, here's time spread before. You got to have time here for him to prophesy before peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. Unless you're going to have all one room and well, it's going to be some time. So that means, so we see uh, the correctness of the Greek 
when it says, when it doesn't interpret time as the uh, the end of day and night and so on, and start into eternity or different quality or different uh, uh, type of, uh, of existence, but uh, it's the fact that we are reaching that period when we're in the last days, and yet we've been in the last days since the New Testament times. It's referred to the preaching of the gospel. It's referred to judgment. It's referred to the future events. Still the same last day. But there's going to be a day, one day, when the last days is going to be the last days of the last days. And then there's going to be a last day of the last days. When the days terminate in a point of time instead of a period of time. But the period of time is still going on because John now must prophesy. Uh, this is given. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.